Alright, let me talk to you. So, it uh, has come to my attention. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Week 2 of the Sunday Scaries. Uh, I know everybody really enjoyed last week. I appreciate if you tuned in. If this is your first time, welcome to the Far End of the Bench Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, This will also be posted later on on the audio feeds. This is basically a safe spot. Nico and I, we have very similar opinions. Uh, very similar interests, but we do have certain things that I like maybe a little bit more than he does and vice versa. So this, since I am the uh, producer, editor, Grand Poobah, I basically get to decide what goes up on the channel and I can I can do this on my own. I've done that. And if you listened last week, you know that I totally eviscerated the rest of our roster here at the Variety Sports Network uh, to the at the chagrin of my co-host. Nico didn't want us to be too harsh, but when we were talking about what we talked about and just in podcasting in general, what I've noticed is that there's nobody on our level. We've run this. We, we called everybody out last week. There is absolutely nobody who can come on here toe to toe. Everybody's scared. I asked we're later here live on Sunday scaries because I asked if anybody, is there anybody who thinks they can step up to the almighty? And you know what? None of them are ready for the megastar. None of them are ready for the take master. And Looks like he had some technical difficulty. I wonder if everybody's going to understand what this is. I don't know if everybody's going to understand what that is either, but uh, hey, Jimmy, what do you want to talk about? If you are new to our content, then you are wondering who that is who crashed the Sunday Scaries. Um, obviously, when I when I go after the, those other podcasts, it is more, you know, I, I think that we have a right to do so. I like the WWE. I'm bringing on a guest who also happens to really enjoy the WWE. He hasn't finished SummerSlam, but we won't hold that against him. He hasn't seen the end of the Tribal Combat match. Dominic Pilato, two-time reigning defending FEOTB College Bowl Pick'em champion is joining us, uh, also getting ready for his first week of school. So last week, a majority of the show was dedicated to kind of talking about how I felt first year going into the second year and um, kind of what I was doing to get prepared for the school year. I figured Dom's getting ready to start his school year, and I do want this to be a place where I can have different kinds of conversations with different people. This doesn't have to be sports. Um, we can have directed you know, banter back and forth. We can have planned promos and entrances. I was honestly, I toned it down quite a bit this morning when I was thinking about, you said you were going to come on the show. I was thinking we should have done like a a whole WWE setup, very similar to those DX videos I was showing you last night when they were kind of cartoony, but I would pop up on the screen and then all of a sudden you just be in the back corner, steel chair. Oh my God. And then pop up in your own room. But I was like, that might be, might be taking it a step too far. Have you ever heard of the term jumping the shark? Uh, Jumping the shark, no. So jumping the shark, all all that basically means is, um, so in Happy Days, they uh, they had a episode where um, it was Fonzie was trying to he he was he was doing something where. All right. Can you still hear me? I can, yes. 
Okay, because uh, you know, I was wearing the headphones and I forgot that I had the headphones on, so I didn't have them on. I was talking to you through the computer. That's uh, it'll be interesting. I try and do, I try and have things set up. I try and do good things, but inevitably something's going to go wrong. That's just apparently the nature of the beast. Murphy's law: anything that can go wrong will. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm sitting right now. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Oh, you know, kind of a little bit of everything, a little nervous, a little excited, uh, you know, just ready for this week to start and uh, to kind of get my first year going. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how else to really put it. Uh, I'd be lying to you if I said I, uh, you know, I guess had 100 uh, percent, you know, my nerves were completely, completely shot and I didn't feel anything. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, tomorrow will be fun. The sixth graders come and then um, Tuesday is when the seventh and eighth graders come and then everybody's back on Wednesday. So, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be really fun. So the sixth graders don't come to school on Tuesday? I don't think so. Um, it's kind of a little bit of an odd. Do the sixth graders come to school Tuesday? They come on Wednesday, but they don't come on Tuesday. Uh, Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of an odd um, setup, I guess. Uh, And and odd only because it's different than anything that I'm used to and obviously what you're used to. Um, But, I mean, it'll it'll all be good. And I think it's a great idea to have the sixth graders kind of come on their own for the first day um, because they're they're deer in the headlights. so, what do you think you're gonna look like after after Tuesday, big guy? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, I know you didn't listen to this show last week, but I told the story, and I've told you a few times. Like I was totally blacked out. They sent kids, so I had first hour off. And the way our school sets it up is that all of the because seventh and eighth grade are the only ones that are there. So on the first day, everybody lines up with their first hour teacher over on the field. I started my day off by confusing one of our poor little kids. Cause I was standing out there and he was in my advisement, but we weren't lining up by advisement, but I didn't know that he didn't know that he's like, you're on my schedule. I was like, just stand next to me and I'll make sure that, that you get inside the school. This is ridiculous. And then second hour starts, they send my first class. I'm like, Oh my, just I, from that point on, it was like men in black were in the room and just wiped my memory because I, we had, our school gave us like the first half of class. They set up a lesson plan to talk about policies. So like, when can you go to the bathroom? Where is this? Where's the nurse's office? And you had a certain topic you're supposed to cover every class. And I, we were getting ready to do that again this year. I was like, I have, Oh, that's right. I have no memory of the first day at all. Not only do I not remember teaching this, I had, I don't remember being in my room. I was there. I had kids in the room. Nobody left early. I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, if last week is any indication, I'm just going to be dog tired uh, this entire week. So um, that's I'm totally fine with that. I mean, that's kind of part of, you know, the the nature of um, what we're going into teaching. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I am excited. Everybody's been super helpful this week. Uh, and it kind of got it got to the point where they, you know, they're coming in, they're checking on you and they're like, hey, is there any support you need? Is there anything you need me to do? And I'm sitting there like at this point, I don't even know, like, I think I have everything set up, but like today I'm going to keep working on all my lessons to make sure that they're set up because now I'm sitting here thinking, well, 
I don't know. Like what I feel like there's something else I should be doing, but I don't know what that is. So you you'll figure a kind of like a routine out. Um, but you have to first screw up that routine or do something that doesn't make sense and then try and figure out how you're going to turn it around and use it in the future. Um, but it, it's really as I, I relate it to now that I have year one and year two to, to bounce back off of. And who knows, because year two is still so fresh. Like the kids might turn out just just as poorly behaved as we had last year. But at, at this current moment, it doesn't seem that way. But it's like having kids. So like my first kid was super difficult, stayed up all night, wanted to eat, would never go like never go down, anything like that. And right now my second kid is making me think, oh, I'm ready for three. I could do that. And who it's a it's weird every single year and it's different every school. It's different every school district. Um, my district went back a week before everybody else just because they wanted to say we were the first school district back in session. We're still going to go through the same amount of time that you guys do. I don't think we get out any earlier. Um, you guys are coming back. It's different, but I, <clears throat> hopefully you have teachers that are there. Like that's, that was the main, main thing that helped me out. We were on teams. I don't know. Do you guys team or do you do just um, whoever's available? Um, so we have, they call it PLCRE, which is our planning team. It's, it's, uh, that's usually grade level and like your subject. Um, we also have GLAM, which is grade level meetings. Um, and then, uh, I mean, like everybody that I've talked to, they always say, oh yeah, you can come and, and ask whenever. Um, so, and really my mentor teacher, she's been really helpful this, this past week, um, kind of helping me out. She, she was the one, um, like the day, the day that we had back to school night, uh, we didn't get out. Nothing ended until seven. And so I was sitting there talking with one of the speech, um, language teachers and, uh, talking to her about a student who I have, who only speaks fluently traditional Chinese. And I don't know how much English he understands. Um, I think because he was here last year, he has a little bit of a foundation, but not, not a lot. And so I was talking with her trying to figure out like, hey, what's the best way to try to give him the best opportunity in my class? Because I I don't want him to feel like he's, you know, screwed because pictures. He right pictures. And she said pictures, gestures. And then she also gave me this app to use. Not It's something different than Google Translate, but I have that one and Google Translate on my phone now. But my uh, mentor teacher, she she looks in through my window because she can see my lights are still on. And she opens up, like throws open the door and she goes, it's seven o'clock. It's time to go home. Go home. And so she's just been the one who's trying to help me like realize, hey, when you're here, work, work your butt off, like do everything you need to do. But when you go home, give yourself a, a chance to um, kind of relax and unwind. Um, that way you're not burned out for the next day. Um, yeah. Yeah. Figure out how to decompress even right. and figure out what your decompression looks like. Um, Cause mine, I would rather not that I don't love hanging out and, and I enjoy living in a place where I have people to talk to. Um, at least initially when I get home from school, I would like to sit in a dark place. Nobody talking. We're just going to need my sensor. I need my senses to get back down to a normal level because I just had 145 screaming 12 year olds for seven hours of the day. So I, I kind of just want a quiet, split, quiet space and I want to sit there alone, maybe have Boomer with me. Sometimes I don't even want to be around the dogs. I just want to be whew, 
And then I told you I started playing video games that also channel some of that. But we also have coaching, and, and you'll have other stuff that you're doing. It's not always going to be about school. <clears throat> I don't know. That first week, you should kind of overwork yourself so that you're prepared, but then don't do that as a constant theme is, is my advice, I guess. Yeah, and the, the other nice thing, too, is like the new curriculum that we're using, because it's brand new this year, we're just kind of following it to a T. So like putting my lessons together isn't difficult. And really, it's all just kind of there. I just have to put it into like a Google slide. Um, yeah, I, I wish I was in that situation because then instead of looking to make it a full lesson, you get to look for just like ancillary auxiliary stuff that might help. So if, if you go through the lesson and your kids struggle, then all you have to do instead of looking for teachers pay teachers for like all of your content, you would just be finding like, well, let's try this worksheet because this goes over what we're what we're struggling with. I would much rather have that situation. Well, and that's the other thing that I was going to say, because we don't know exactly how long these lessons take, since it's literally like Tuesday or sorry, Wednesday when we actually start content, it's day one of us actually trying it. So um, we don't know how long they're going to take, but there's also practice problems in the back of each lesson. There's like, they call them, are you ready for more? So like the practice problems is more of the procedural side of things. And then the, are you ready for more is like a more in-depth kind of intellectual thing and so um like we are kind of lucky in the sense that they brought that new curriculum in and uh yeah i mean especially me because being a first year teacher that's kind of the first thing that you're worried about is oh my god how am i going to plan my lessons well i mean essentially they're all kind of planned for you um yeah which is really nice i mean math is kind of you know math <laughs> so Maybe some yeah. people think it's easy to plan for, but when you're trying to um, incorporate all the different things that you need to, not only for the content, but for each of your students, it kind of feels overwhelming and gets complex. So, And I know math people like to stay on a schedule, but I wouldn't do, you could do learning at the beginning of the year, but it will probably benefit you more to do more like a culture building. What do you, what exactly do you want from the students in the class? So like set your procedures out, what do I, how, make it very clear. What does Mr. Pilato want me to do by the time he's ready to start class? So as a math teacher, I assume like a warm up problem is going to be on the board or yep. something where you start with warm up. So it, it, on the first few days of school, I did a get to know me stuff and I tell them a lot of stories about me because I feel like they learn a little bit better when they know me. And then this is what I would like you to do. And if we're ready for this, then we're able to go even further. And when we have time at the end, we could do some more fun stuff, but like spend some time in those first three weeks of school, getting to know them, letting them get to know you and then practicing procedures. So how do you want them to come in? What do you want the class to start off with? Is there something else that they should do besides, you know, journals and warm up problems? So <clears throat> as much con I, you got to teach content and like stay up with everybody else, but it's not as important in those first three weeks to get, ahead you can spend a little bit extra time doing some other stuff yeah and that's what uh, like i have a full presentation for like learning about me for tuesday um and then yeah like i'll i'll go over procedure and that kind of thing and then i know the first couple of days probably first probably first week or two at least it's going to be kind of um a little difficult to get used to but once like kind of get used to it it's like okay i'm going to mr Pilato's class you know, I walk in, I grab my workbook, I sit down and I start the, the warm up. 
and then we'll go over the warm up. Then we'll go into the activity or the two activities for the day. And then we'll talk about it all together. There's going to be a cool down and then we'll, we'll kind of move on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it'll, it's, I think it's going to be fun. I think I got kind of lucky in the sense of where, um, I was able to get into not only the district, um, but everybody's been telling me that Horizon Community is a great school to not only get experience at, but especially if you can like start your career there. Um, they have like a really, really good um, rep, 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 reputation. Jeez. Okay. Reputation. Um, so uh, especially the principal and everybody who uh, kind of works with him and under him, um, they're super supportive. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really, and I'm saying all this cause I'm kind of trying to sell you on it, but who knows? Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, I think it'll be great. I'm interested to see the kinds of kids and some of the in- issues that you have to deal with because it'll be different than the area that I'm teaching at. Um, but it is all at this point, you're just, I, I'm taking something from, every day and then hopefully i can take and be better so that by the end of you know but when i'm a f- fifth year teacher i think that i will be even better i'm already better from year one to year two and i'm just hoping to continue on with that um i'm doing stuff this year that i don't think my kids would have been able to handle last year and that's not a slight to them honestly <clears throat> if i have any of the students that i've taught in the past like from my first year I'm hoping that if they walk into my room by the time they're freshmen in high school, so year three, they're like, wow, this is totally different. And this makes so much more sense. And I wish that we you would have explained this to us a little bit better because they would have probably helped me out. Um, and that's the unfortunate thing is like just the it's the best way to do it and the best way to learn. But the trial and error, hopefully somebody took something from my class last year. But I, I would be lying to you if I didn't think that my class's performance this year is going to outdo everything that my kids accomplished last year. And that's, that's more on me than it is on them. So that's, it's tough, but it's, it's not the worst way I think to look at it. It's all a learning process. I mean, I would even tell you, cause there's one, one guy who's a second year teacher. I think he's a social studies teacher. Um, who's who me and him are pretty good buddies. Um, just from the last couple of days that we've known each other, but, um, he even said like, oh yeah, from last year to this year, it's a complete 180. I'm not drinking from a fire hose anymore. I know where everything's at. I understand like if I need to print, I know where to print. If I need to print in color, I know which ones I need to go to. Um, I know where all my resources are. I have my room set up. Um, and like I've experienced these kids before, so I know kind of what to expect. Um, apparently from everything that I've heard, our eighth grade group, our seventh graders last year, but our eighth grade group coming in this year, um, they're the problem group. Of course, you never really know, especially with seventh graders, because they're they're the ones who are kind of caught in the middle and uh, sometimes have good days, sometimes have bad days. But, um, I mean, I am happy that I'm coming into seventh grade and kind of um, get an opportunity to, to help them out and kind of strengthen their skills before um, they go to high school because that was a big thing that I saw student teaching. But I'm also happy that I'm 
starting with seventh grade and not, you know, eighth grade where they're coming in thinking that they know everything. Seventh graders are still a little bit green in that sense. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. That's kind of how I sum up everything, I guess, but I really am looking forward to it. So. Hopefully you have good huddle highlights on the internet because inevitably somebody's going to find your highlight tape. It happened to me last year. I was honestly thinking about putting my highlights in my get to know me presentation just so that they have the link because it took them longer to try and find it. Then they were watching you thinking it was me because they can't read a name. Like, Mr. Pilato, you, how young are you? I was like, I'm, I graduated in 2016. Then why are you playing high school football? Guys, look at the name. Use logic. Do the math. Did the uh, picture look like me? Yes, right. kind of. Not really, though. Did Right. No, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't look like me. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of my high school stuff on there. So if they're looking for highlights, and I do have a couple kids who are, uh, like, football players, and I have a couple who are traveling hockey players, funny enough. Um, Stay on those kids to make up their work because they're going to be traveling for a long time, and a lot of them think that they don't have to make up their work when they travel. Oh, I will. Because they are – most of them are homeschooled or they go to some private school where the teacher just gives them the grade. And that you got to get that early because I I had a kid that was like that towards the end of the year. The parents were like, oh, but all of our other – all the other kids on the team, their teachers would give them the grades. Like, that's great. He hasn't been here. I, I barely know what your kid looks like. Right. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, the moms made sure to tell me that too. Um, cause they're a extended blended some, like they use some term for it, but so I met biological mom and stepmom, and then they have stepmom and biological dad. They all kind of try to work together. So that's at least helpful that everybody's trying to be on the same page, but we'll see. Hopefully they're actually on the same page and you're not right. getting an email from one house that says something different from the other. Right. Exactly. And, and you know, at being a former seventh grader yourself, you know that they're going to try and do that. They're right. going to play one house against the other. Cause you pay, you pay when you have a family where it's just two parents, you play one parent against each other too. Right. And, and you play your parents against the teachers. And that's why we get crappy emails from parents who really don't know what happened, but their kids said something. And there's no way that they're lying until we prove that they are. And I will offer as many parent uh, meetings that I need to because I also have the feeling that I can try to communicate with you as best I can through email and through talking points or whatever else. But sometimes context gets lost and sometimes it's just better to hear it from me face to face. So um, I have no problem doing that. Uh, whether like if I offer that and they tell me, Oh, I don't need it. Then it's kind of their own choice at that point. But, um, yeah, I will definitely make sure that I stay on all, all my athletes, especially those two kids who are traveling uh, hockey players though. So. And you're going to tell them to ask questions and come back from like when they are, aren't at school and, and figure out what we're doing that they won't. You got to kind of you you hold them to a high standard, but you do have to have your expectations in a realistic place. And like, I don't know about you, but seventh grade was my toughest year. And that was also the year that I tried to get away with the most. I'm pretty sure that was the year that I 
I was caught forging a signature. Funny enough, I had kids that were saying, because I'm giving them packets that their parents have to sign. It's like, well, I could just sign. It's like, listen, I've had that same thought and I tried to do it. And guess what? I have the same name as my dad. So technically all I did was sign my own name and left off the suffix. And I was still forced to sit in the living room for three hours and repeat, would you like fries with that? Would you like fries with that? Because guess what happens if you forge a signature on a legal document? That's the only job you can get in the future. So it's good. Start your good practice now. And I I don't I don't know how you feel about it, but I don't necessarily put them like when they ask me how I was in school. I don't lie. I was good. I was able to go to the ICU for for a week, come back and was still a week ahead of my college classes. I could stay on top of my stuff easily. And that, that helped me out a lot. But I do tell them the times that I screwed up and the ways that I screwed up and they kind of relate to those. If they can see that you're a real person and that you don't live at the school and Mr. Pilato doesn't do math problems in his free time, that's when you start to see like a difference and they start to work a little bit harder for you and they will probably not sell you out or down the river. Some kids are just going to hate you regardless and you're going to have to be mean to them because that's the only way that they'll do anything. But for the most part, just be a human being. Don't try and if you fake something and then you show up one day and it's a totally different, then you're the Kofi Kingston. Weren't you Jamaican? What? Wait, where'd, where'd your accent go? I got a question. Actually, I don't have a question. I have a problem. Yeah. Or, then you're Ross. You got to learn how to phase out your, your British accent. Something wrong with your voice? Right. No, no. Um, I'm just, uh, you know, been here for a little bit and starting to pick up on the dialect. Little little fun tidbits here and there. Yeah, my kids love when I do voices. I got I got to work on mine. And they love my uh, pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> Whenever I can do a, a non the voice that they don't expect to come out of me, that's right. when they they enjoy it the most. Yeah, I got to work on my voices. That's for sure. And temper temper what you're gonna say. Run it through a few filters. Because it's not, yikes. What? Everybody just heard that because I just heard it pop in my ears. Yep, that was a that was a good one. I like that one. Um, yeah, wear I'm, comfortable shoes. Yeah, I have my new Under Armors that I'm going to be wearing. Uh, so funny you you say filter everything you're doing through a couple different filters. So I found you know how they have that that stick that has a little like cone on the end of it. Um, that they put the flag on, right? So there was an extra one in my room that didn't have a flag on it. Nothing, nothing like that. So I had had it because I needed something to fidget with. I walked out into the, like the main lobby area, and they had uh, web leaders um, out there. Uh, they're the eighth graders who were walking kids around, making sure they got to their class and all that stuff at uh, uh, back to school night, and. Uh, one of the kids. You walked out with the long arm of the law. One of the kids said, "Oh my God, he's got the he's got the student beater." I was like, "And I'm gonna go put that back in my room, and I'm not touching that ever again." I was like, "Oh, this my is God. just the board of education. I don't know what you're talking about." I was like, "I I thought about it, however many times. I don't even. I that never crossed my mind. Good lord." Yeah, and you are intimidating, which is a good and a bad thing. Um it makes conversations with other teachers 
really interesting because I sit there and our school is teams. So all the four core teachers, five core teachers, health, math, science, English. Yeah, five of us. Social studies is also a core subject. But we all see the same kids. But it's weird because like when they're in my class, I don't get lip. They don't talk back to me. They kind of just sit there and they're kind of scared and intimidated of me, which I use to my advantage. And I try not to raise my voice unless it's it's totally needed. And then when I'm able to, if I do, then I get the desired effect. But like the math teacher and our little health teacher who they're great teachers, but they are like they're women. Uh, that's really bad. They're smaller women. And some of the seventh grade boys are as tall as they are. And they're just like treating them as older sisters or older siblings or older cousins and not listening to a single word that they're saying. I just, you carry, it's a good thing. You carry a little bit more presence. Uh, I think, I don't know if you ever had these speeches in college, but they would always bring in our college security guard for the campus. They're like, you guys don't realize it, but you are massive people. So like some little 18 year old freshman that's just coming to campus, if they run into a football player and you have this bad look on your face and you might not be in a bad mood, but you just have kind of a frown and you're walking across campus, you bump into somebody, they are going to shit their pants. So you, yeah, <laughs> walk around with a smile on your face, be a pleasant person. And that's, I write it cause I have like big sticky notes and I write goals for each day and I finish like be pleasant and be present. So I, I'm being pleasant because if I have a bad look on my face and they walk into the room, the kids are going to take on that energy and they're going to say, they're going to be scared. Like, Oh man, what is he going to yell at us? No, be, I have a smile on my face and I'm goofy. I'm a smart Alec. I've already almost made a couple of kids cry and I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. I'm not being serious. I'm not being serious. It's not that don't, easy. You don't want to roast battle with me because I will I will beat you every single time. Except for those stupid kids that are Chiefs fans in my class. Yeah, they got you good. I, I'm sorry to say, but they got you good on that day. That was – I was like, okay, who's your team? Knowing that they could only say one or two, that would be better, which this past year would be the Eagles, it would be the Rams, it would be the Chiefs. Like, I'm a Chiefs fan. Of course you are. Because why wouldn't you be? We live in Colorado. You're not a Broncos fan. No. No way. You like the Chiefs. We beat you in the AFC Championship. Yeah, you beat us. Listen, you beat us one time. Once. I will tell Joe you, Burrow is four and one. I will tell you this, because I have my Jets flag hanging right, pretty much right behind my desk in my classroom, right next to the main. You're room. asking for it. So if I had a dollar for every time somebody walked into my room this last week and said, Oh, you're a Jets fan? Oh, my God, they do actually exist. I would be a very rich man. Yeah, you should say, listen, we're already beat up enough. We haven't won. Since racial integration became a thing nationally, we have not won anything. So I get it. What I kept telling them was, yeah, you know what? It's been a hard 12 years, so you're going to have to come at me harder than that if you want to try to hurt my feelings. Yeah, you only have 12 years of fandom experience for – for your uh, team. It's, that's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good problem to have, but it's not a problem I was ever expecting. So, you know, you've been my brother for 22 years. You're 22. Roxy's 23, right? You're 22. Okay. Yeah. So you've been my brother for 22 years. You don't, even know my, you don't even know how old I am? You guys all, after you graduated high school, you're just my siblings now. And you look like a bigger sibling, so I don't like to tell people. I don't keep track of how old you are. I just always say that you're younger. Um, now you throw, you threw, oh, 
I used to have the issue that I've never seen the Bengals win a playoff game. And I used to have all my friends give me that crap, and, and that was my plight. Well, now I have to explain to my students that for the first 23 years of my existence, they didn't. The last time that the bank, the first time that Joe Burrow won a Bengals playoff game, that was the first time a text message had been sent about that. So I really, you can give me a lot of crap, but I don't know why you're giving me crap after the good years. You missed out. You, you're too young. You can't, we're good now. We have a quarterback that'll right. Other people in the NFL look at Joe Burrow like he's a psychopath. And I think it, there was a book that was written about him. And I listened to the guy, the author, give an interview. And he's like, he has the same genetics as like a serial killer. And they, they do that by like track your heart rate when you're doing something. No matter what, your heart rate never gets above or below a certain threshold, whether it's the most intense situation or you're just sitting at home on the couch. And Joe Burrow has that. He just happens to like to, to get through his sociopathy by winning football games, winning championships, and smoking cigars. But if he went the other way, nobody'd catch him. We'd have to send Dr. Spencer Reed after him, and I don't think he's gonna find him. I don't know. My money's on Spencer Reed. <clears throat> That's so I, I'm gonna run this by you. Cause I didn't, I didn't tell you, you were out on Friday night while I was sitting here and kind of cleaning up. I kind of let my mind wander. I had, I think we all have latent ADHD, but we didn't have the ability not to have good executive function. So we can kind of put it off to the side and get done what we need to get done. I let my mind wander while I was cleaning and I came up with a brilliant unsub for a criminal minds episode. Okay. Listen to this. It's a guy and he, breaks his stressor was he had a dog for for a long time that was like his one thing that he had in his life and his dog passed well his sociopathy then sees and he sees people walking around his neighborhood with their pets and for whatever reason he only sees them as abusing them so like maybe they're tugging on the leash tugging the leash on the dog and it's not that bad but in his mind it would cut to the owner like dragging the dog across the street on his face with the leash and doing stuff so that's why he steals. <clears throat> he he picks his victims based on that. That's why he abducts them and then he tortures them while the dog is there. And he always sees himself as like the. So it's similar to the saving angel, like the people who work as nurses and give you arsenic poisoning so that they can continually save you. They're like showing the dog. Oh well, I could. He did this to you. I'm gonna do that to him. See how he likes being dragged on his face by a leash. Because then it subverts, what do they always say about serial killers? They kill animals when they're young. This is the biggest animal lover of all time. And when you get to it, and Derek Morgan gets to look at the camera and go, all of this, he's killing all of these people and doing this over a dog. He's doing that over his dog. That's a good one. See, I think if, if they were still doing seasons like they used to, and they weren't on a writer's strike, I could, I would probably try and, and write that one and sell that. But <clears throat> uh, what else do you want to talk about? Because we're we're wrapping things up. How do you like SummerSlam so far? You're um, only up to the World Heavyweight Championship match, right? Yeah, but, I mean, even the first, like, because I, I don't even know how many or how far I got into the World Heavyweight Championship match. But um, I liked it so far. Um, my guy Cody finally won and supposedly the whole sign of respect thing that, uh, 
him and Brock had wasn't planned. I don't fully believe that because they planned pretty much everything. Um, that was a hell of a match, I thought. Um, trying to think. The Battle Royal wasn't bad. I like that they finally gave LA Knight a, a win like that. Uh, yeah. By the way, if you caught the wrestling promo at the beginning of the show, I was imitating LA, LA Knight. Yeah. That's whose, game, that's whose game this is. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, trying to think. What was the other? Oh, the women's matches weren't bad. Um, if I was like putting them in order from what I liked best to what I liked worst, I mean, I didn't. The the women's matches would be towards the bottom of that list just because they they weren't as smooth as the other matches that I've seen. Um, like when you try to compare Ronda Rousey putting somebody into an armbar versus LA Knight having an avalanche uh, belly belly to belly suplex. It's hard to try to compare something like that. They uh, did it too quick. They tried to set it up that, and they did that because Ronda doesn't do any of the TVs. Like she only does one or two Raws leading into a premium live event. But I feel like if they let that cook a little bit longer, it probably would have been better. But it was kind of like, oh, Shayna turned on Ronda, and then a month later, they're having a no holds barred MMA match in, in WWE. Didn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, it, it was just kind of weird the way that they set it up. Uh, that knee to the face, though, was real. Did you see Shayna's eye the day after? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was she didn't bad. pull that knee. Ronda didn't pull that knee off very yeah, well. It was bad. Uh, I'm trying to think. Damn, Shayna, you're looking rough. <clears throat> I can't believe Becky didn't wrestle on SummerSlam. I don't know. It was, I think, from the last thing that I saw, she was still uh, in a rivalry with Trish Stratus, but I don't, I don't know. They didn't have her on anything, and then um, Rhea didn't wrestle on it. She just helped interfere with the Judgment Day, which you'll get to in your match. I don't know. It was good and it was bad. Like the Cody match was really good. Um, the Logan Paul Ricochet match was good to start the show, but it was all like good, good, bad. And then eh. I don't know. what do you think of the intercontinental match? Because it was a good match, but I didn't really I like similar it. to Ronda Rousey and uh, Shayna, where it was like Drew comes back, headbutts Gunther. And now all of a sudden he gets a title shot. Um, and he, he's not going to win. We all knew that he wasn't going to win. So why would you give him Drew? You can give him somebody else. I think Dominic, with as big as he is, he shouldn't be the he shouldn't be an NXT champion. He should be in a, like a rivalry for Gunter because Gunter's so good. But how is he going to overcome all of the Judgment Day while being that good? And then you also get Imperium versus Judgment Day in tag matches. It's almost like I know how I know how to do this stuff. Yeah, but. I mean, you'd have to try to decide which one you're going to have as the face and which one you're going to have as the heel. And Gunther's going to end up being the face, but they built him as a mega heel. So that's why they haven't done him versus uh, Dominic yet. Um, I mean, I, I like Drew McIntyre. I think since he came back, he's been really fun to watch. Um, heel face doesn't matter. Um, I think his face character's starting to get a little stale. And so I would I would go for more like an anti-hero um maybe Are full, they doing a superstar shakeup at any point? 
they just did one, so I don't think they're going to do another one for at least a year. You could definitely, and then that's also what I, what I just thought of, have him beat Ray for the U.S. title, and then that's when you turn him heel because he's going to decimate Ray, and then that's when you could possibly get Dominic to go back and defend his dad. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know how I don't know how long Ray still has because I th- I thought he was supposed to be retiring, pretty quick, but maybe not. Um, uh, why would they give him a title if he's going to be leaving soon? I don't know why they gave him the title over Santos. I don't know why they gave him the title over LA Knight. Uh, well, because <clears throat> LA- did you see the promo? Yeah, you did. I know you did because I saw you watching it. The promo that he did with the Miz was some of the best. Just in the fact that they both did it the same exact way, but he's right. L.A. Knight was never going to get pushed the way that Miz was because Miz would do whatever Vince said, and L.A. Knight had that. That's the same character L.A. Knight's been using since he was in TNA with the broken Matt Hardy and, and stupid Jeff Hardy stuff. I know that you don't like it, and that's more my thing, but the dummy, yeah, yeah. that was That's been his character forever, and they don't think that it's a good enough character, which – it's surprising because he is the shape that Vince normally likes, and he's in a good enough shape where he's like, oh, yeah, he looks like a million dollars. Let's put the title on him. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll try to finish SummerSlam hopefully today um, or tonight maybe. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like so far it's been pretty good. I liked, I, I like what they're trying to do. With Cody, um, he's he's obviously my favorite. He's probably the most fun one for me to watch. Um, I wish I, I don't know what they're doing with the bloodline anymore. There's to me, there's too many different like branches on the tree, and they don't yeah. follow any of the rules they set out. Right, nobody was supposed to be able to interfere in a tribal combat match. Right, and somebody and, did, and yeah, Solo interfered. Jimmy interfered. Paul Heyman was there. I think Priest Priest was about to come out. It it was all it was all messed up. Right. Um, trying to think. And wouldn't it make more sense to turn Jimmy on Jay after he wins the title, or turn one of them? You could turn Jay too if you wanted. Jay becomes the new Roman, and then Jimmy has to take him out. Yeah. Well, but that's what Jimmy was saying. He was trying to fight against, and that's why he got then you involved didn't... and. You didn't give the fans the payoff that they would have liked before. Right. So it's almost like you were you teased them purposely and now Roman's not gonna be there, so who cares? At least uh what's the next biggest one? They got payback coming up. Probably not the next biggest one is Survivor series. So they could potentially have Cody take the title at Survivor Series, but I think they're still gonna wait until WrestleMania. Well, they would go, it's Payback, Crown Jewel, Survivor Series is in November, and then Royal Rumble is the next big one after that. They did Crown Jewel early this year, so I don't think they're going back. I saw it. They showed it on the schedule. They're doing it again. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Right now, it's we're kind of in that time of year where it's like they're they're just building on things. There's not really a huge... I guess no title changes at SummerSlam never happens. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like that. I feel like there should have at least been 
one title change. Maybe Gunther drops it and he gets into the world heavyweight title. They're doing everything they can to get that record away from Honky Tonk Man. So he's unfortunately going to win for at least another month. And then he's going to finally have the record and Honky Tonk Man won't be that that guy anymore. Um, uh, they, I think Seth probably is the one that, that could have lost his title and not lost any momentum. Because then Seth could start looking around and maybe Seth goes against Brock or Seth makes the jump and now that's who takes the title off Roman. Or he starts a tag team because the tag team division right now is is struggling. Yeah, well, uh, to me it seems like they should start bringing up other guys from NXT like Carmelo Hayes, those guys, but they probably won't do that until the next superstar shakeup. And honestly, I don't know because we just watched NXT where the family won the NXT tag titles, and I don't think the D'Angelo family is going to do super great as a team up on the main roster. Not they're going to be not for they're just going to be a joke. They're they're going to be a joke by a month in, unless they do it the in in the correct way, and it makes sense. But they don't have a they don't have a guy on the main roster that would be like somebody that they would glom onto. Right. I don't know because <clears throat> in NXT, I, did you they killed pretty deadly. They like stuffed pretty deadly in the trunk of a car and then drove the car into a river. Mm. No, I didn't know that. They did. They were. Uh, they posted a video. It's like pretty deadly rolling by, and they see the family, and they're like, "Oh, oh!" And they look at him. Like, didn't we? Did we take care of him? Hey, don't don't talk about it. You don't say anything that'll incriminate yourself, right? Mm. <clears throat> I think we're pretty much good for for this episode. We did a lot of talking about teaching which is basically what the show's for. We will have a new Far End of the Bench podcast, so if that's what you normally tune into this feed, we will have that drop on Thursday. I apologize for being late uploading. Had some technical difficulties, but that will be back on Thursday. That's where we'll talk about the PLL from Denver. Dom and I were there. We watched uh, the first game all the way through. Water Dogs beat the Atlas, and then we watched uh, the Cannons and the Redwoods for a little bit. I watched the ending in overtime. So Nico and I will talk about PLL. And we'll have a new episode coming on Thursday. And, of course, Sunday Scaries will be back next week. But I, I appreciate you coming on. And you did a good job stepping up to the take, Master. I think you were all right. We're not going to put you – you're not a megastar. No, no. You're not no megastar. But you're okay. We can say a superstar. I got to finish the story, Jimmy. I have to finish the story. All right. Well, for myself, Jimmy Pilato, make sure you follow at FEOTV Pod, all social media, subscribe to the YouTube channel. For my brother, Dominic, we will see you guys the next time. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Hopefully, you have a great week. We'll see you later on.